wafting. He always, he always wore, he always wore the like. beanie, and everyone said he had cancer, but he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck have I just joined into? <laughs> um, Tom, you know, what was the name of the guy who sang the song that goes? Yeah, Daniel Powder. Yeah, Danny. That song came out when I was on holiday in Ibiza, and the hotel room had MTV, which I did not have at home. And I listened to that song about six times a day. <laughs> what, as a result of MTV, or just um, on purpose because you enjoyed it? Loved it? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really like the outdoors. <laughs> not least in Ibiza. So. I was just saying, Sam, it's probably the get-up, but Sam doesn't look particularly well at all. Yeah. Um, for, Partly for... because you can't see any of my hair. What I will say yeah. is that the mask... Is is definitely helping with Sam's audio quality. It's almost providing some kind of like permanent pop filter in front of his head. <laughs> Should I keep this on? No. <laughs> it's not. He's not wearing it for like like uh, any epidemiological reasons. What he's he's using it like a horse feed bag full of vitamin gummies. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, in case you've not drink in my feed, <laughs> In case you've not realised, um, Sam has COVID, but unlike when I had COVID, he's just choosing to to muscle through it. So, well, well respected. Some, some some of us are winners. Okay, now I, I won't I won't have myself. you I won't have you attack my asthmatic ass here, you piece of shit. Oh, oh, I have lungs of a baby. Oh. <laughs> the only question is, where did you get them from? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did once go to the doctor for recurrent throat infections when I was like eighteen. He told me that I had the immune system of a toddler. <laughs> Surely toddlers have extremely strong immune systems because of all the dirt they eat. Well, I assume it's a, a process. It's not like you know. A four-year-old eats like one clump of dirt, and they're like, "Ah, immunity. that'll do me." <laughs> I, I don't get sick very often because I have a theory that when I when I was a child, I was a very sickly and diseased child, a lot like Edward the Sixth. And um, <laughs> my theory is that I just got all of the diseases as a child, and and then uh, cracked on with it. Like at one point, my parents had to smuggle me on board a flight to Japan because I was. I wasn't infectious, but I still had a lot of like chicken pox, like marks on me, and there's I've had a lot of different bacterial infections. Was, but was there not a, for a long time? Was there a spate of kind of chicken pox outbreaks in the country following your arrival? Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> yeah, I mean I've heard of pox parties, but I've never heard of like yeah. purposefully pox. shipping someone to a the whole other country. To create a pox plague. Well, you know, they, yeah. they sent the plague over here. We're sending something back. All right. But, uh, so it's a little bit like gift exchange. I, I would also like to point out that I was approximately like two years old. At the, like, not even two years old. Like, my parents smuggled me literally and like, they covered me up. They swaddled me like the the, the baby Jesus. <laughs> in one of those like baby carriers. So, so, you went, so you weren't purposefully super spread aside, though. You were just sort of like forced into it. Yeah. 
They, no, my they parents used you up, me put as you in basically a, a, a bioweapon. They floated you over the <laughs> over the Pacific. <laughs> Kids don't know these days, but bioweapon terrorism was a lot bigger back in the nineties, <laughs> especially I, um, in Japan. <laughs> I had a big. Um, I don't want to say feud, but feud with my dad um, because we went to Disneyland when I was seven, and he. I alleged intentionally dunked me under the water in the pool, which caused me to get an incredibly serious inner ear infection <laughs> that meant I could not leave our hotel room. This is the worst. Were you cutting promos on each other, like that kind of feud, or was it just like you were a bit salty with him? Um, I was I was salty for a good fifteen years, um, but I remember I I remember. I remember some kind of fugue state that I was in. I Sorry, this, well, this is but... a football podcast, not therapy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we had to we had to go the on the Eurostar home because I couldn't fly because I was I had this like I had bad ear, debilitating and ear problem. To make what up I... for it, my dad bought me a goofy Wild West action playset. Which I when you say goofy, do you mean the Eurostar? The actual. Like character of Goofy, or we have so like much to talk about here. There's, <laughs> there's so much actual shit that we've missed. Okay, Hard. I've had a very funny bacterial infection once, but the details of it, I'm not willing. <laughs> I'm not willing to share on a, an NFL podcast that we three need, or four people might listen to. We need a kind of a, an agreed. Shut upon... the hell up. Hello, 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 and welcome to Stiff Upper Lip Podcast, the NFL podcast by Brits. We are in partnership with Gridiron Extra, and we are returning for our third season. So yeah, on we begin with me, Ed. Me, Emma. I'm Sam. I'm Max Saito. And I'm Tom. Max, that fucking, that genuine... <laughs> that, was... <laughs> that was fucking, that was brilliant. I, tried, I, I couldn't mute myself on, on OBS quickly enough. So at the beginning of that intro is just me fucking like snort heaving into my mic. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the hell up! <laughs> I'm I'm clipping that. I'm fucking that is going on the soundboard for next year. Uh, absolutely, Sam, isolate that when you edit it, please. Anyway, we are back. We had a little bit of a hiatus. We didn't talk about the championship game at all. Good, but good, but we are back with NFL fucking on a Friday and we are preparing for the big one. Guys, are you excited for Super Bowl 56? Yes. Um... (laughs) (laughs) That's one out of two. (laughs) Not bad. Yeah, I'd give it a... I'd give it a 5.8. Okay. Out of of what? Seven and a half or? Uh, Out of ten. Basically, like an exponential scale on the Richter scale. Yeah, I mean, for a regular day, I say a five. So it's, okay. so, so it's mo- Super Bowl Fifty Six is moving the needle for Sam. <laughs> Just about if if I actually get a negative test and I can boogie down on Sunday, then we'll be up to the. I dare say we'll be up to the mid sixes. Oh, all right. Uh, have you ever been at a point where you were at a 10 for anything in your life? Because surely this um, Bengals-Rams Super Bowl has is, is got to be... The one, the one thing 
that I am kind of resentful of that this bout of COVID cruelly took from me was going to see Jackass 4 as soon as I humanly could. And I was at about a 10 for that. So you were at a 10 for Jackass 4. Well, not to, if... um, not, not to like spoil the movie for anyone, but one of the stars of Jackass 4 is in fact playing in the Rams secondary for Super Bowl 56. I haven't seen it. Um... <laughs> Who is it? That's right. You thought you thought Eric Weddle. No, oh, it's exactly Eric Weddle. Evo wearing a beard, like ah. fake No, no. <laughs> uh, from what I understand, that uh, Jalen Ramsey's Jalen Ramsey is in it because, of course, he is. Yeah. Uh, so, Machine Gun Kelly has not been drafted in as a. Oh no, Machine Gun Kelly will one definitely one. be in there playing for yeah. the Rams. I mean. <laughs> it makes sense that you wouldn't want the Bengals skinny alternative white man how could we lose <laughs> oh. yes the Rams are playing against the Cincinnati Bengals and for the just the second time in NFL history and can you believe it in back to back years the team in the Super Bowl is also hosting the game at their stadium it's at SoFi Stadium which is honestly a little bit mad, to be honest. The fact that, like, I'd have thought that we'd have had more teams playing at their home stadium in Super Bowls, and yet here we are. Is it also not the second year in a row where the home team for the Super Bowl, where it's being played in their stadium, is actually wearing the away strip? Yeah. The Bucks wore white last year. And thank God the Rams are wearing white this year and not bone. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Bone? What? You know the Rams' normal yeah. away kit? That off-white. Oh wait, I thought that it... the washing machine type. Wait, is there is there regular home unis the blue ones then? Yeah, so normally they wear the blue, but oh. Cincinnati are wearing Cincinnati are wearing orange, and the Rams are wearing their throwback away kits, which are actually a pristine, pristine white. Okay, I did get a little bit confused when you said that this was a good idea when I said that the Beng- uh, the Rams were wearing white. I was like, this is the worst matchup that we could have gotten. I wanted to see those Bengals white out unis versus the Rams blue and blue and yellows. Yeah, that would have been that would yeah, have been good. Like, but the, the, I'm, the, I'm just glad that the uniform matchup has come along in the last few years. Because can you imagine if it was like the old, <laughs> like the the old like dark blue and gold Rams uh, and the. Ooh. The ones, you know, in case Keenan was playing for him. Yeah, and the old and Bengals. The, the tacky like, Marvin Lewis yeah. Bengals, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> thoroughly agreed. If you were going to make <laughs> a Super Bowl, I'm glad football. that it comes when you've got good uniforms, Bengals. But yeah, this should be a great game. We've got Joe Burrow versus Matt Stafford, both of them, uh, one of which in his first year outside of a poverty franchise and the other one has com- uh, converted his own poverty franchise. And both of them playing in their first Super Bowl and I think that we could potentially see Joe Burrow in, in quite a few more to come. That man has the exaggerated swagger that the NFL needs out of its quarterbacks. And, you know, as a as a as a fan of a rival team, it's it's one of those annoying things where you just can't help but love the guy, even though you really don't want to. Which Sam, you've never way. had that issue because you are in the same division as trash, garbage and dumpster fires. And Max, uh, exactly. the Packers are the dumpster fire uh, evil organization in your division. So, hmm. how? So there's no like you know, 
the the Steelers are probably now going to be the Bengals whipping boys. There's no probably. resentment. I, I heard that there. last. I heard that last year about the Browns. Yeah, to be fair, like <laughs> I heard that the year before about the Ravens. Yeah, I'm not being funny, but like, well, every team in the AFC North is capable of beating everyone in the AFC North, except the Browns beating the Steelers because that just never happens. I'm sorry, but that will permanently they, be they etched have in. One. They have one. It was to, if you if you were gonna have one, that that's the one you probably want to have. Yeah, well, the yeah. preseason Super Bowl champions have won one playoff game in five years, and everyone's still talking about that <laughs> instead of the Bengals. But you know, one, one in five. The Bengals. Five the Bengals years. are currently playing in this in this game and are actually not preseason Super Bowl winners and actually have a chance. You know, they were I mean, actually the preseason number one overall draft. Yeah, which I feel like was a little harsh because. They obviously had made strides, and I, I rated their defense like a, a lot more than quite a lot of these sort of faux analysts on Twitter have been saying about. But you know, it's 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 been a pretty fucking remarkable turnaround, really. Zach to Taylor me, deserves a lot of credit, but no, yeah. no, I don't think Zach Taylor deserves much credit. I don't, I don't think Zach Taylor gives his team an advantage. Basically, to me, in, in my head, the Bengals had like a top 10 just about offense this year over the course of the season and like a top 15 defense, pretty average defense um, based on like, I'm sorry, Tom, based on like EPA per play or, or whatever. And um, to me, they sort of got here purely by on like uh, on a wing and a prayer, right? They almost lost to the Raiders. They almost lost to the Titans. They almost lost to the Chiefs. And now they're here against the Rams team who have been hitting their stride, I think, at the right time coming into the playoffs here. You know, they're getting contributions out of Von Miller and Odell Beckham. And to me, I think I think this game is the Rams to lose, but I can see them losing. Yeah, it's a weird one. Um I actually I have no idea which way to pick this one. I've 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 sort of said that I think that the Rams will win this one based off of I think that McVay is a better coach than Zach Taylor and I think that Aaron Donald against that Bengals O line will be uh, t- a terrorizer to be honest. He will be an absolute menace. Um yeah. but and I mean how many points did they like in that game where Burrow got sacked nine times against the Titans? How many points did they score? Because um, they're going to have to score more than that to beat the Rams. It was, what, 17? It was like 17 against the Titans and like 16 against the Raiders or something like that. Yeah, Ridiculous they, like that. They, they put up big numbers coming from behind as well against the Chiefs. And, you know, if you'd have seen those first two Bengals games, maybe you'd have thought, like, oh, they've got an outside chance or whatever. But I feel like I feel like the matchup here is very much favourable for the Rams but you, mm. you also can't write off someone that has the level of confidence that like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have got because when it comes down to it, it is a matter of who wants it more in the Super Bowl. Like Obviously, there's a lot of talent involved, but you can see teams that have got like lacking talent still really giving it their all, and then teams that have got sort of worse talent, or sorry, better talent, not playing as well. Like I'm not being funny, it's- but... The Chiefs 
like three Super Bowl appearances, they've looked like a team that didn't really care. Two, two Super Bowl appearances. Sorry, two Super Bowl appearances. My bad. They didn't. They didn't really look like a team that was caring. They managed to sneak it out in the last like uh, the last quarter against the Forty ers who just their talent levels just completely was, ran out. I, but I don't think you get to the Super Bowl and not care. I think that's like come on. That's like the whole point. Well, yeah, it's possible but... that you get to the, you get to the Super Bowl and you're like cowed by the occasion. And yeah. I think that could it, it's basically tangibles versus intangibles, right? The tangibles are that okay, the Rams if they dominate up front is that's that's the way that you win any game, frankly. But you know, you can say things like, well, you know, there's the Bengals are probably playing a lot freer and more loose than the Rams. Like Sean McVay's obviously got. He got the monkey of the Niners off his back, um, but now he's got the monkey of okay. The last time you got here, you put at that like one of the worst displays in Super Bowl history. I mean, Matt Stafford is is got a monkey in his back in that okay. He's not really. I mean, yeah, like you said, he was in Detroit, and what what can you do? But at the same time, like there were some instances in in the season as well where he didn't come up clutch in the moment that he needed to. Um, and there was someone he did like. Yeah, I mean the, the Rams. Yeah, I was about to say the Rams got here on a Matt Stafford clutch moment. But, I mean, Matt Stafford's not getting any younger. Like, it's definitely a factor that this could be. You know, the Rams have got quite a few free agents after this. This could be Matt Stafford's last proper chance to win one, and that's certainly something that you could say is a factor. And then the Bengals are just like they, they didn't expect to get here. You yeah. know, they didn't. They didn't. No, I mean, no one really expected them to beat the Chiefs. Nobody. Well, I would say they were probably not favoured against the Titans, but you know they're used to playing in these tough situations and just coming away. And it suits them to a tee because it's going to be the same way people would expect the Rams to win, but they're playing with house money. Yeah, all of the, like I think in every tangible, like if you look at every like group that will be on the field there is not one area where the Rams don't have like an advantage but everything okay. about how the well maybe the... he's not a bad kicker but everything about how the Bengals have got here it's all like these huge plays from receivers that you can't really you know discount regardless of like the the situation and the coverage like if if Jamar Chase wants to like shake off three dudes and gun it like another 80 yards for a touchdown yeah I mean he hasn't had to he hasn't had to play against Shay and Ramsey yeah <laughs> so I mean that's... if you look well, at who yeah. he's matched up against it's been Charvarius Ward who's the who's the Titans <laughs> best cornerback and then Jack Rabbit yeah and then the sort of five foot four amalgamation of the Raiders cornerback room so like Jamar Chase is probably facing his like toughest opposition they might have to lean a little bit more on like your sort of T Higgins as, or your Tyler Boyd's like the guys that yeah. maybe not, a wide receiver is like two or three which isn't a bad idea it's not a it's not a horrible thing but T Higgins is genuinely like remember when like remember when like CD Lamb came into the league and it was like oh CD Lamb's like the number one guy in they still had Amari Cooper. T. Higgins is like the Amari Cooper, where he's still like legitimately a great receiver. Yeah, but he's always playing second fiddle. So, yeah, I mean, Joe Mixon's put together his best season um, statistically in in his career, and 
that's that probably is an advantage where the the Bengals have. They probably have a better running back than I didn't. Obviously, Cam Akers um, came back brightly, but the last two games, I mean, it was a bit of a disaster against the Bucks in the second half. Yeah, with those fumbles, and I uh, didn't really, as I recall, show up that much against the Forty Niners. Um, how much difference does the running back disparity make? when the offensive line for the Bengals is probably the worst group on the field. Yeah. They can be neutralised for sure. And, I mean, if they're going to get neutralised, it will be against the, especially the three main stars of that front seven, which is obviously AD himself. And then Von Miller has sort of revitalised his career a little bit. It seemed like he was starting to really fly under the radar in his in his last, last couple of years with Denver because he was obviously hurt a lot and didn't really seem to have that sort of high level of performance that he had maybe from like 20, 2011 to 2016. But um, he has really turned it around. And then Leonard Floyd, who like when he decides to play up to the occasion, he, he can be a game wrecker in his own right. So like they have a they have a good enough batch of guys in there that I think if the O-line well, can't have... Well. Oh, well, sorry. They've got a lot of depth as well. Like Yeah. Greg Gaines and like guys like Nick Scott are great depth to have. So yeah, I think this game is the one that has the most intrigue out of it in terms of like all of the possible Super Bowl uh, possibilities that we got really from like any realistic Super Bowl matchup that we could have had when the playoffs like first were confirmed on who was playing who. Like What's hindsight. We could have ended up with like Packers, Chiefs, and no one would have complained. But they both well, yeah. But I feel like we know what we know enough about the Chiefs now, and we we sort of know who the Packers are really as well. Like this is this is Matt Stafford's first year with the Rams. It's his first year with a playoff capable team. So, so we well, I mean, I said realistic. There was no chance that the <laughs> Eagles were going to get here. But um, yeah, and then we also have like an incredibly young. They've only just come out of a pretty much nowhere Bengals team. Like this is a team. This is a matchup. This is a Super Bowl where we don't really fully know all that much about either of the two teams. Like we've only really had this season to judge who they are, as opposed to like maybe if the Bills had gotten there, like that would have been great. But we still know a lot about them. I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how this plays do you, do you out. Wanna, do you want to pick this game and then do one bold prediction each? Yeah, go on. I'm I'm gonna pick the I'm gonna go with the Rams this way. Sam, score, score. Oh, score wise, I'm gonna say twenty-seven to twenty-seven uh, two. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, twenty-seven twenty-four is my call. Um. Uh, only a three-point spread still, but I'll, I'm hoping that this is going to be a bit more high-scoring than I think it will be, because, you know, you want to try and make the Bengals run the ball as much as you can, but I'll say, hopefully, 38-35. You're hoping it's going to be more high-scoring than you think? So was that? I guess that was what your hoping is, and not what you think it's going to be. <laughs> My heart wants 38-35 Bengals. And you always go in the heart. My brain says it might be like a Patriots-Rams 
Logathon. I think it's going to... I'm going for 31-21 rounds. Okay. The 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 bold prediction is that if if my score of if it's not within three come the end of the game, then this is going to be like the Seahawks Broncos game where like what? one of the yeah eight. where one of the best defenses comes in against one of the sort of like more like potentially interesting offenses and just fucking what? annihilates. Didn't just just fifty three touchdowns that year. Well, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. But like, this is the thing, like. A great defense could still, at any point, just absolutely steamroll a team. And if anything's going to happen, I mean, look at what the Rams have already done in the playoffs. They absolutely destroyed the Cardinals earlier on. Like, that game was so much of an embarrassment from the Cardinals' offensive standpoint. To say that they're an offensive team with an offensive coach who maybe is a little bit on the uh, weaker side in terms of his actual all-round coaching game got absolutely schooled by a so, McVeigh team. Like if so if the, is- if this game doesn't end up with a three-point spread, then it's going to end up by like fifty to three. That's so you, your prediction is your prediction is that the Rams are going to win close, but your bold prediction is that they're going to win massive. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's what it is. I think that's that's what my prediction is. I'm I'm sort of having two stabs at it, but either way, like I still have the Rams winning. Two bites of the big super cherry. <laughs> um, uh, Max go. Oh, I was going to say my my bold prediction actually is that Von Miller's going to win Super Bowl MVP again. Ooh, I like that because I just think. I mean. Yeah, he played in one Super Bowl and was great. He's really hitting his stride, and, and that Bengals line is, like, not good. And it could come back, and then you could log on to Twitter the next day, and everyone's going to be like, oh, they should have taken Panay Sewell, and they would have won the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, have, yeah. They wouldn't have got to the Super Bowl if they didn't have Panay, if they, if they had taken Sewell over Chase. Like, one million percent, you're absolutely right. Like, if the it, Bengals lose this game, bad. and they have another, like, offensive line showing as bad as they had against the Titans... Where like Von Miller gets home for like three sacks and a forced fumble, and that ends up winning them the game. One million percent. He would need to score. He would certainly need to. I think in order to win Super Bowl MVP, he would need to probably yeah get like three sacks, at least one, at least one turnover, and probably a touchdown. I don't. I don't know whether or not it would need a. A touchdown like if you get three sacks and a forced fumble and it's like a closer game like that like if the Rams offense scored like 30 points it would go to like Cooper Cup or Matt Stafford or whatever depends on how many each of them individually get like if it's if it's evenly spread out then fair enough but I still think Von Miller like anyone that gets three sacks in a Super Bowl is is highly worthy of a of an MVP shout if it gets them the win a sack is, is sack is huge this isn't like Super Bowl Seven, man. Fred Belitnikov won Super Bowl MVP with seventy-three receiving yards. What the fuck? Is, have you just got like an encyclopedic knowledge of like every Super Bowl pre nineteen eighty-one? No, I think no, I think it was a TK twelve video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam, what's your bold prediction before we move on? Um, I think I'd, I'm wish casting here again. But I think Jalen Ramsey is going to get mossed at every turn at Jamar Chase. 
Oh, interesting. Every, what do you mean by every turn? <laughs> every as soon as it's, as soon as they stood stuff on that turf, he's he's slipping and a sliding. That seems like a pretty bold prediction that every single time the ball comes near him, he's going to get. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I think to put a finer point on it, yes, I think he'll allow. I think he'll allow upwards of 70% of passes thrown in his direction. Oh, okay. Alright, I like that. I like that as a as a thing we can at least measure that. That's a good one, actually, to be fair. I mean, he's, you know, he's a, he's a good player, but, you know, he's no, no to W Uzi, eh? Let's be real. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. No <laughs> can someone can we can we get that one marked down as well as just like a, a quantifiable <laughs> thing? In fact, I'm going to make a note of it on the notepad. Um, He's no Trayvon Diggs. Offensive <laughs> <laughs> uh, player of the year, Trayvon Diggs. <laughs> Trayvon Diggs is like. You know, what was the Super Bowl where the Cowboys beat the Steelers and Neil O'Donnell threw two pick sixes? Yeah, 95. Who was that too? Like Larry Brown or something? Was his name Larry Brown? Um, To be honest, I I don't know. Um, I've stricken that game firmly from memory. Well, whoever it was (laughs) who got two random pick sixes of Neil O'Donnell, that's basically what Trayvon thinks. In fairness, in fairness, like... If anyone was going to throw two pick sixes in a Super Bowl, it would be Neil O'Donnell, if I'm being honest. Like, one of the worst quarterbacks that Pittsburgh has ever had to endure, and we Neil had to endure Bobby Brister as well. But anyway, right. Neil O'Donnell sounds like a caretaker manager at Bradford City. Yeah, I mean, he sounds like Rotherham, uh, Rotherham United's backup goalkeeper as well. <laughs> in fact, actually, this is where I'm getting confused, because Donny Rovers had Neil, uh, Neil O'Sullivan, didn't they? Or Neil Sullivan for the best part of 20 years, it felt like. All right, so we have uh, some other news that we didn't really get to touch upon because we took a little hiatus. The NFL coaching scape has gone a little bit mad, if I'm being honest. There's been plenty of news to get sunk into. Uh Eight teams were left without head coaches after the end of the season. Um, and we've now got some actual confirm- that, uh, confirmed hires. That makes it sound like it happened outside of their control. Like there was <laughs> like a spate of... Well, one team, it did happen. And like, this poor franchise has been left <laughs> without a head coach. One team did get it sort of sprung upon well, them in a yeah. in the in the most surprising way that a team can be informed of a coach's retirement in an hour-long press conference that he went on with in fact didn't that shit go on for like two and a half hours by the end of it i don't know it was like it was like 45 minutes it went on for at least twice as long as like that yeah 90 minute press conference where all he did was just run through a bit um, the big... no, that's not true. He also gave his full recipe for etouffee. <laughs> <laughs> in typical recipe slating that you know, 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, re- the retirement spiel was actually just the prelude to the writing the recipe <laughs> at the end. <laughs> Making his world famous right, gumbo. <laughs> Um, yeah the big the biggest news really of the offseason is that Sean Payton long time head coach of the New Orleans Saints and long time bane of Ed Wilkins existence has retired from NFL coaching at least for a year um, decided to decided to step back uh, probably because the Saints are what feels like 400 million dollars over the cap room somehow and without a quarterback and without even their original potential quarterback for the, for the coming season. They are fucked. And Sean Payton looked at the situation, looked at his many millions of dollars that he's earned over his time, looked at his legacy and just went, ah, can't be asked. You're on your own here now. Um, because Sean... he, is, he is out in New Orleans. You know, I was going to say, Sean Payton's retired for as long as until Mike McCarthy gets fired. <laughs> yeah, replaced, replaced as head coach by the defensive coordinator Dennis Allen, which is in turn why Tom Brady retired. He's like, "Fuck playing the Saints defense twice a year again. I've had enough of that." <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, what which it, also uh, happened in our hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, I've got, we've we've glossed over like the biggest news. <laughs> Tom Brady is retired from the NFL. Like we. We had some retirements confirmed, but the greatest winningest quarterback of, of NFL history is, is, is out. 20-year career. I was going to say that interrupts the flow a bit, but I am steadfast in my belief that both of these people will be back in the league within three years. <laughs> Probably so... on the same team, if I'm being honest. You know what they say? <laughs> when God closes the door to professional sports... He opens a window to being a full-time shill for sham health products. <laughs> Tom Brady's been a full-time shill for sham health products for about four no, years. No, just a though. part-time shill. No, the TB12 diet is his full-time job. Being a quarterback and winning a Super Bowl is part-time now. Come on, Winning man. a Super Bowl. <laughs> Tom Brady. Super Bowl winner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Sam. I mean, what to say? We can't add anything that hasn't already been said at length. It's true. Yeah. By Tom Brady himself, actually, who made four announcement posts. I saw oh, he had a, he had a video. Where oh wait, he... there is one thing we can add that Tom Brady didn't say in his retirement posts. Go on. Thanks, Patriots. No, he did. <laughs> this was in one of his other many retirement posts. He posted one. Oh, this was in the post, one that was labelled like retirement he, statement. Yeah, he he made the retirement final. <laughs> yeah, he made the retirement statement where he thanked the Bucks, and then he made another one which was a video where he thanked the Patriots, and then he made another one where he thanked everyone that he's played with, and then he made another one with Rob Gronkowski where he specifically was thanking Rob Gronkowski. Who was thanking him back? There were four fucking retirements. <laughs> it was, it was. I mean, in fairness, like he should have been allowed to do it on his own. No, like no, anyway, considering that he is probably the greatest player in the NFL's history. Like, you win seven Super Bowls and break passing charts just consecutively throughout your career. You probably deserve to have your retirement, but you know. Uh, Adam Schefter and who is the other dude that seems to have flown thoroughly under the radar of everyone's oh, yeah, like shoeing? Yeah, I can't remember the name off the top yeah. of it. 
Some yeah. no, some absolute fucking nobody. Some... <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, he's, not, he's known. He's known, but he's become known because he always has a scoop on Brady. Yeah, but they both broke the news, and then Tom Brady, like, we got this weird thing where Brady said that he was actually mulling it over and there was no confirmation. He just but he, def- he definitely, yeah, he definitely had already announced it, like, well, I mean, in, to you, everyone that he knew. If you cover Tom Brady, and that's like your, you know, you've got the inside track, another Super Bowl, people have fucking heard that before. Oh, he broke another, like, passing yard record this season. Great. <laughs> He's released I, a new line Brady, of Nutri-Blenders. If I were Brady, I would have dropped my retirement announcement. I wouldn't have had it leak. I would have dropped my retirement announcement as the kickoff for the Super Bowl is happening, just to fuck with everyone. Like, oh. Everyone in the media box would just be Ooh. like, oh, no. no, because there is, a, there is a slight difference here between... I mean, you've been watching Aaron Rodgers, who dropped his I want to leave the Green Bay Packers just as the first overall pick was being made. <laughs> like... There's only really one quarterback that chose entirely to make a whole spectacle about. That was Schefter. That was Schefter as well. It was Schefter. Adam Schefter's just reported all Schefter, this shit. Schefter's had a rough year. Remember when he had those emails <laughs> come out as well? Yeah, and then he tore his ACL about the gritty as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been a tough year personally and professionally. So. Physically as well. I haven't seen the Tommy and Robbie retirement video, but I'm imagining the scene at the end of Lord of the Rings where they're on the slopes of Mount Doom and the lava's coming up from. It's uh, oh, it's it's like... it's got Queens, uh, you're my best friend, and it's just them <laughs> like using like mics up things. And I watched that in silence, and I was like, ah, oh, I wonder what like tacky song they put over it. I bet it's Queen, you're my best friend. I clicked on it. First thing that I heard was boo dude. I was like, fucking, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, no, I would have picked. Oh, what what song would would you pick if you were Tom in charge of doing the Tom Brady retirement video? What song would you pick? I would have picked probably Three Little Birds. <laughs> <laughs> um, <Just be> careful. <laughs> yeah. Or or a beer by Real Big Fish. <laughs> No, because no, beer is the underappreciated one, and Tom Brady probably thinks that he's underappreciated. Underappreciated. <laughs> the gem in Real Big Fish's crowd. <laughs> or, like, you could have done, like, Strawberry Fields Forever as a reference to the fact that he's never eaten a strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> That's an off season podcast, like, retirement videos. Like retirement video pictures. Yeah, that's a good one actually. I I, I like that. Um, can you can you imagine the the most like Facebook scrolling through feed at like one thirty in the morning video that I can think of is Tom Brady trying fruits <laughs> and reacting to them. <laughs> Someone get the fine bros on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Tribal man reacts to Western fruits for first time. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what my favorite? They did you not see that they've changed their name of their YouTube channel like eight years ago to now just being called React? Like they're no longer the Fine Bros. Yeah, but if I say just get React on the phone, I sound like an asshole. <laughs> 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 is that what that is? 
Anyway, we were talking about Dennis Allen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were actually. I forgot about the fact that we we had to cut across five lanes of traffic to get to the Tom Brady news. But yeah, Dennis Allen is now the head coach of the Saints. Um, we also have some uh, host news. Three host teams have replaced their GM and their head coach uh, this past offseason. Well, we got to avoid talking about the Bears and Giants and Vikings for four whole weeks. And then they're back on the top of the slate because the the New York Giants, while well, we've got him. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about the Giants here and then we'll probably do like a full, like Mike said, like a full episode probably around like coaching hires and probably get Ed and Emma in to talk about their guys. But for now, Brian Dable, the former Bills offensive coordinator, is in as the head coach of the New York Giants. And uh, Joe Schoen, or Schoen, or Shane, Shane, apparently is the pronunciation. The ex-Bills GM is in as well to replace... Oh, sorry. uh, Assistant GM. Back in in... Uh, a GM spot in New York, replacing David Gettleman, who probably should have been fired three years ago, but was allowed to retire gracefully. Probably should um, have been proud to pass you three years ago. Yeah, yeah. One and I mean that's true. Um, Sam, One, New, New York Giants, twenty twenty two. Hashtag keep the Shanes moving. <laughs> 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 Hashtag hold on to day ball double. Double. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you? Our one is the white one. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to ask you quickly first. What um, do you think of the actual hires themselves, and then we'll sort of touch about the remaining parts of yeah. this hire. You have to feel good about it. Like Shane was pretty involved in like building whole Bills project that we've kind of, you know, come to know and, and a, guy that's, well, <laughs> a guy that's that involved in like, you know, uh, a process that seems a lot more, you know, organic than how the Giants have approached kind of, you know, player management and drafting. It has to be a step in the right direction and if you know hashtag keep the shanes moving (laughs) go on you boys in blue (laughs) (laughs) we shouldn't make him laugh he's currently covid at all they're like well like i know i think at this point we can accept that josh allen is fairly you know special in terms of what he came into the league as and what he's kind of turned himself into, but if if Brian Dable can take a, a, a don't say that, don't say Josh Allen, uh, Josh Allen will be called. Oh, uh, sorry, David jo- uh, Daniel Jones. Will be <laughs> David <laughs> Daniel Betterman. Um, if like if if anyone was to see if they could like rehab Daniel Jones, I think. Brian Dable is 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 one of those dudes, and like at this point, I don't think they're going to pick up Daniel's own fifth year option. That'd be dumb. But 
you know, work with what you've got. See if you can, if you can mold his weird misshapen form into something beautiful. Weird misshapen form into something. <laughs> okay. Um, there was a little bit extra to this hire, which was that um, Bill Belichick in a in a almost sort of revenge for beating him twice in the Super Bowl uh, through the whole Giants organization and also as a result the NFL under the bus when Brian Flores received a text, uh, ex-Dolphins head coach, about um, being hired by the Giants from Bill Belichick himself congratulating him and he texts just like how Bill Belichick probably would text, if I'm being honest. Um, really? No, I thought Bill Belichick think Bill looks like a two exclamation mark kind of guy. Yeah, I thought he was no, like an old person commenting on a Facebook post from fucking yeah. the half. Well, yeah, but like that's that's <laughs> how I saw those texts. Like I've seen that exact thing come out of old people's keyboards. But yeah, like <laughs> Bill Belichick texted Brian Flores to say congratulations, to which Brian Flores said, my interview is on Tuesday, to which Bill said, oh, basically, hold a minute, wait up, is this Brian Dable? Got my wires crossed, essentially. So uh, that's led to now Brian Flores is suing the Giants, the NFL, and... Also has named the Broncos uh, for a yeah, previous... Broncos and dolphins that are like explicitly named in the suit. Yeah, but he's not actually suing the dolphins. He's just, in his statements to do with the suit, is also naming everything oh, okay. that Stephen Ross has done, which is yeah. also including uh, tampering to try and get Tom Brady into the door in 2019. Tried to get him onto a private yacht for lunch. To like tamper, which would be a huge break of and NFL offering rules. financial incentives to lose games, which would be an even bigger. Yeah, well, there's technically nothing. There's technically nothing. Flaunting of the law. Well, there's technically nothing against paying money to tank, is there really? In the, but it's, it's, in the it's against the competitive spirit. It's that, against that, the competitive that... spirit, but actual tampering is against the actual rules of the NFL. Like you are, you are specifically not allowed to do it. Like. The Dolphins will probably be met by sanctions of some variety, like losing a sixth-round pick like every other time that an owner fucks up and the NFL has to reprimand them, inverted commas. We can't we can't really cover the whole thing here because it's a big news story and it's yeah. going to go on for the whole time. So yeah. we're just yeah. we're just putting out the headliners. So, yeah. I, mean, I will say, before we move off it, I was thinking when it came out, like all of this, that... I think as soon as the Giants hired Joe Shane, I think everyone could kind of see that Dayball was coming, but that in and of itself is kind of the issue with yeah. how they kind of work around the Rooney rule and, yeah. you know. I mean, it's not a coincidence that there's a lot more, um, like, people of colour in, like, GM and front office roles than in coaching roles, because the fact of the matter is that teams will always have a preferred coach because owners don't actually know that much about 
the game. They don't really know that much about front office personnel. So there's always like a star name that they want to go out and get. Yeah. And because of the status quo, it's normally a white person. Whereas when it's like a front office personnel search, it's a lot more open ended. No one's like, yeah. oh, we want to go out and get this star director of front personnel from the Ravens or whatever. And it's a more fair and equal process. And naturally, that leads to a more diverse hiring. But I mean, yeah, like, like, like we said, it's going to go on all summer and, and a lot is probably going to come out and it's going to leave us all disenfranchised. So. Yeah, we'll probably provide like more updates as we get them because we will be carrying on making episodes throughout the summer. We've got plenty of non-NFL and also vaguely NFL things lined up. So, but yeah, keep your eyes posted on that. Um, interesting news story. And, you know, I mean, we all hope that there is a change to how the NFL works, right? Like, there's no way that the league can continue to have, what, four now uh, POC coaches, which is, is not it four? great. Maybe five. No, is it? Mike Tomlin. Mike McDaniels. Lovie Smith. Mike McDaniels and... Sastry. Ron Rivera is POC, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, he's Puerto Rican, right? Um, so, yeah, maybe it is. Only, yeah, we've only got we've only got four, which is not great. Um, but, you know, we'll hopefully get some change and we'll keep you updated. But uh, moving around the league, just to not sort of hang on this sort of negative view, there are actually also moves... Um, like I say, we will get Ed and Emma in at some point to discuss their own, but the the Bears have hired former Colts defensive coordinator Matt Aberflus uh, as their new head coach with Ryan Poles, the new general manager. So they've gone from Matt Nagy to Matt Aberflus and Ryan Pace to Ryan Poles. I just think that they didn't want to change the letterheads, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, Old Polesy and the Floose. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> do these like especially Eberflus just because I don't really know as much about Ryan Paul does it, does he change anything about how you think about the Bears no um, like it, it, he, no they've gone back to hiring a defensive minded coach again but yeah. it's Bears tradition to have a defensive minded coach yeah I mean even when they had an offensive minded coach they were still very much a team carried by their defence so yeah. May as well just I mean, go full ham onto it. Like, fuck it. Whatever. But yeah, they've, they've now got Matt Everflus in the door. Um, and the Vikings are set to hire but can't officially unveil it until after the Super Bowl. Um, the Rams offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell, who obviously has done... Former Doncaster Rovers, <laughs> No, you're thinking of James O'Connell, the former Doncaster Rovers, right? Oh, but, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but that's obviously still unofficial. But they have got an official hire in the door, and that's their general manager, Quasi Adolfo Mensa, um, who was the ex vice principal, like like vice president of player personnel in the Browns. So essentially, yeah, that's a good hire. High from, ranking, from... high ranking front office personnel manager. It, yeah, I mean, like if you're going to have a general manager of of really any proportion, like the Browns have built a pretty good roster. I, I, like, I think it's, it's a good hire. And apparently, like, he has some high... 
profile sort of feedback from around the league. We'll get in it, uh, Ed in, who'll no doubt know more of the details, but I, I pretty much rate that higher a lot more and the Kevin O'Connell higher a lot more than the uh, Eberflus and Poles one, but we'll have to see how that's those because you out. trust the Vikings more than the Bears. Yeah, that's uh, absolutely yeah. true. Um, and then uh, also around the league, Lovey Smith has been promoted to Houston's head coach as their defensive coordinator last season. He's, He's been back for a third go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it sort of begs the question, what was the point in, in the whole, we're going to hire and then fire and then hire the dude well, that we already had in the organization anyway? They're finalists finalist with Josh McCown and Brian Flores. Yeah, he wasn't even on the like, list of finalists for it. Yeah, but... They never indicated that like he had the chance either. I mean, obviously he was the, there as a yeah. DC last year, but I mean, let's face it. I think everyone can read between the lines of this Texans organization. They probably would have hired Brian Flores if not for the lawsuit. Yeah, and what that means is that they've probably hired Lovey Smith, and they're probably going to fire him next year and hire Josh McCown. So yeah, it just feels like another kick the can down the road higher from the Texans like if you're just gonna if you're gonna groom a guy to be in your head coach just get him in the door now and just give in him fact, the longest Romeo fucking Cornell lead the de- Romeo Cornell was the defensive coordinator yeah. he was the remember when Bill O'Brien got fired he was the defensive coordinator yeah. took over as the caretaker and then came obviously came back for an, yeah. another year yeah you're and, right and then oh crap who did they have there last year what? The Texans are so irrelevant. I mean, his name's gone out of my head entirely. What, as DC? No, who got fired from the Texans? David Colley. David Colley, yeah. yeah. I don't know if he was with the... I don't know if he was um, there in any capacity. I think he was. I think he was... Wasn't he their offensive coordinator? So, I don't know. The Texans just keep... We, we do not about... need to devote this much time to the Houston Texans. No, we don't. We right. Cal, keep, Cal McNair has not devoted this much time to the Houston Texans. And firing them after a year. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars have hired ex-Eagles head coach and Super Bowl winning head coach Doug Peterson. Um, that is a move that uh, many of us... I don't think I remember seeing him as like a, a favourite for the job either. It was always sort of Byron Leftwich was like the guy. They wanted Leftwich, but he wouldn't come in with Balky. In yeah, the so they chose to keep Balky in instead, <laughs> which it what just begs Balky? the question, what's the point? I believe that is the... I believe Urban Meyer was the third coach under Trent Balky who didn't last more than a year. Because <laughs> Jim Tom Sula and Chip Kelly... For the 49ers, I think Balky was the GM for both of those. So I don't know what this guy is. I mean, I, I, I have no. Fun. They hired they hired um, the former Vikings GM as like some special dispensation role above the GM. So like I don't know why they can't just fire Balky. I don't know what he's he's got like a. Have you ever seen this? This is a very specific reference that probably not a lot of people get. There's a sketch uh, from the Limmy show. Oh, go on. <laughs> I love the Libby show. And he produces from his briefcase this horrible goblin-esque marionette. <laughs> and he just dances the marionette and they're like, we'll give you a job. We'll just give you a job. And uh, he just does it like every time they want to fire him. And I think Balky's got that marionette because <laughs> something's not right. Is this the first time that we've mentioned Limmy's show at all on the pod? Because I fucking love Limmy. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Urban Meyer had the win stand against him, but 
Um, yeah, so Doug Peterson coming in. Uh, Josh McDaniels. Like yeah, I, I like the hire, but I, yeah, whether or not he'll I actually really like stick it. around. Yeah. Do you reckon that Nick Foles is going to finish out his Jacksonville Jaguars contract no, back on the Jags? No, no. <laughs> obviously, obviously they, they brought him into that. I like, because think about what Carson Wentz looked like under Doug Peterson and, and Nick Foles as well. So it's a good hire for the progression of Trevor Lawrence, which is what everyone wants to see. Yeah. But. Yeah. I don't know, it's the Jags. They have a habit of ruining it every time. True. Um, Josh McDaniels has uh, finally left the Patriots organization to go be a head coach, and this time it's for the Raiders. We all um, know how that's going to end. Yeah, we do. There's, there's almost <laughs> Three no point years, actually no talking about it. Uh, they also hired a new GM, uh, Dave Ziegler has, has the joined Z. the Raiders. I literally know nothing about Dave Ziegler. I, written a, I wrote a note about every other hire, and I've spent... When I said that I was writing notes, it was me looking up Dave Ziegler to just find anything. Nothing came to mind. So, if anyone knows any information, answers on a postcard, send them to uh, Sam's Portly and Tall Mattresses, P.O. Box. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What's the 552161? There you go. Um, I have... Portly and tall mattress update. If you want it, <laughs> go on. Um, because I have the novel coronavirus once again. I've been sleeping on the sofa oh. for a week, and I literally have to lie. Like <laughs> that's like that. I have to lie facing the back, like <laughs> the back seats, so I fit onto the sofa. Uh, like diagonal. <laughs> I feel like you should um, you should invest in like uh, what do they call event uh, contortionist lessons so that you can sort of sleep in the sort of like when they we can sleep when they scorpion it. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> what? where where you can like scorpion tail your legs over and put them around the round your head. Yeah, I mean you could pay more money for a coffin that I'll fit in. Yeah, yeah, but you don't have to worry about don't it. Don't so. about that. <laughs> <laughs> He's not have to worry about it. Does it? <laughs> with a bit of luck, mate, you'll die at sea, then you have to worry about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously then you get like a ceremonial one full of bricks, but that can just be normal size. <clears throat> so they don't just like fill you up with rocks and throw you over. <laughs> no, like obviously, obviously, if you die, see so your your body's lost. But they'll they'll get like a a coffin full of bricks so that people have something to look at at the wake. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we should just get like a uh, just like a, a mannequin from Primark or something. Dress it up in a beanie and a, and a face mask. <laughs> I want right, it's right. Put like the old school like uh, Harry Enfield Scouser sketch wig on top of it, and it's perfect. <laughs> if I die at sea, and then we can get like a buoyant coffin, and then just bob along. It's called a kayak. Maybe some kind of you know it's called a legend is started at some point, and then a band of roving adventurers tries to find my corpse and and take the gold with him. Sam, would you uh, prefer to be buried in a canal boat? Um, I would like to travel the fine waterways and estuaries of, of our great nation, but 
I feel like that doesn't lend itself to a, a kind of, you know, a supernatural family caper about hidden gold as much. <laughs> okay. Um, Mike McDaniel. Nice. Uh, Mike McDaniel, the 49ers offensive coordinator, is now in as Miami head coach. Um, I quite like the hire, really. Uh, the Niners, outside of quarterback, have been pretty interesting offensively, which the Dolphins have not been at all. So, uh, cool. Yeah, good. I like it. Um, Dennis Allen, we've already touched upon. Rich Passaccia, uh, we'll talk about. I mean, the the head coaching hires are basically done, but uh, we've got some coordinator news for uh, host teams. Um Got Rich Bisaccia now the special teams coach in Green Bay, which I thought that he did quite a good job with the Raiders when he was their interim head coach last year. Um, but if he wants to carry on M30, being a special M30 teams M30 coach, coach yeah, which is pretty good. Um, and they had like one of the most dysfunctional. They can't be worse on special teams. They just literally can't be worse. Yeah. Like the Packers special teams unit was akin to that sort of uh, 2011 Chargers unit, but without the number one defense and offense to go with it. So, yeah. Um, uh, longtime Steelers defensive coordinator Keith Butler is retired, and Tavon Austin gets another crack at defensive coordinator job. Um, Sorry, what did you just say? What? You said Tavon Austin gets another crack at a defensive coordinator job. Yeah. Terrell Austin. Terrell Austin, my bad. My bad. Avon Austin is the return man. <laughs> Sorry, Terrell Austin. He's been the DBs coach in Pittsburgh for uh, a couple of years now. He gets the uh, he gets the job, but he's been a defensive coordinator before, so I'm fine with it. Uh, Wink Martindale, the ex Ravens defensive coordinator, is one of the weirder sort of firings of last year because the Ravens crossed the Rubicon with injuries, but their defense was still like even without all of their secondary, they were still pretty good. Like, they they had some disastrous performances, but, like, that all come from having guys that weren't even practice squad guys for other teams as starting cornerbacks. Like, He's the kind of how, coordinator where you'll, get, you'll see an instant boost to, yeah. like, Joe Schmo on the defense. Yeah, which, I mean, the, the Giants already had a pretty good defensive coordinator anyway and Patrick Graham... I didn't. Eddie. I didn't see where Patrick Graham went, but um, he has left apparently. Um, wait, wait. Is was Martin there on defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator? Yeah, his defense because they've got Greg oh. Roman who's the offensive in Baltimore. Oh yeah, of course. And everyone was saying that they fired the wrong coordinator. So. Quite possible because yeah, I don't know the Greg Roman experience. That it does run out. <laughs> it does. Um, and then Ed Donatel, the former Broncos defensive coordinator, is the new Vikings coordinator. Um, so, cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, get, yeah, we'll move on. Um, to Honours Night, which happened last night, we have uh, some awards that obviously happened. Um, about midway through the season, I put out a little prediction on our, on our prediction spreadsheet and got a 100% hit rate. On every single one of these, so I'll take it. The only one that we didn't predict was Comeback Player of the Year, which is highly um, story narrative driven most of the time and is kind of hard to gauge, so we never really predict those. But 
the MVP, two-time MVP. Well, sorry, back-to-back MVP. How many times has he won it, Max, in total? Four. Four. Four-time MVP, Aaron Rodgers. Um, getting it in his in his second year in a row, which is, you know, not Someone bad. It. Yeah, I mean, he, he dressed a little bit like what I imagine. Retiring. Aaron Rodgers, if Tom Brady had announced that this was his final season, Tom Brady would have won MVP for sure. Probably. But, Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so he, Aaron Rodgers won MVP and sort of dressed and has the appearance of what I picture what Gary Busey looks like now. Um, no, he, he, he was literally going for Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Yeah, but he also looks like 40 years older than Joaquin Phoenix's Joker as well, like. Yeah, he's pretty haggard. Yeah. He looks... Honestly, out of all of the quarterbacks that retired this year, Aaron Rodgers' actual regular personal uh, appearance looks older than all of them. Tom Brady still looks like he's in his 20s, and Ben Roethlisberger could maybe... Like, he looks 39. Aaron Rodgers Rodgers looks 50. The difference is Aaron Rodgers is really aged. Ben Roethlisberger's looked the same for the last 15 years. (laughs) True. But even still, plus also Roethlisberger's face like filled out, whereas Aaron Rodgers and his bouts of ivermectin. I mean, this is what happens when you take at least fourteen milligrams of ivermectin every single day to combat the colloidal silver's really kicking in. (laughs) Yeah. So plus also, I imagine being married to Shailene Woodley, who lives in the other side of the country. Sorry, engaged. To Shailene Woodley probably will also haggard you up a little bit. So you know, can you imagine if? they get married and he then gets a divorce and we see like one... what if he what if he became normal oh break the spell oh are you thinking that fault in our stars actress shailene woodley holds all the power in this one no no so i'm just saying like is... no, no, no rogers is a weirdo but i'm saying that he, <laughs> if he his divorce <laughs> is most people's normal and his normal is most people's divorce oh he yeah really, at this point he really should be bold like he should have been old. <laughs> well, this is why he's growing his hair out because he's just like he's he's hanging on this one last time. If he gets it cut I now, think... it'll never it'll never grow again. There are some sad storylines in the NFL, but Aaron Rodgers' midlife crisis is right up there. <laughs> <laughs> um, coach of the year? Oh, go on. Ah, uh, it would have had no value. Okay, coach of the year was Mike Vrabel, who the Titans used more players this year than anyone else in NFL history, apparently that's ever made the playoffs, which is crazy. I mean, they were the one yeah. seed; they got beaten pretty comfortably, really, by yeah. the Bengals. But like, they had a whole season really with injuries galore. I mean, they were missing their starting tackle um, the whole season. Best running back in the league was out from like week five. They had consistent. I find it a bit weird though, because like, can you remember a single Titans highlight from this season? Um, the Julio Jones back corner of the end zone catch that didn't yeah. end up getting given as a touchdown, even though it should have been. <laughs> okay, that's their best moment this year. <laughs> but yeah, like, pass. but this is the thing: like, they weren't spectacular, but they they got the one seed in a very stacked top of the AFC. Like, fa- I'm fine with it. Like. Coach of the year. Well done, Mike Vrabel. Feels like a long time ago. A long, long time ago. <laughs> uh, that's because it was. It was, what, nearing six weeks ago, really, since you know? like anything remotely irrelevant happened outside of the playoffs. 
Um, Joe Burrow was the comeback player of the year. Obviously, he uh, crumpled his knee at the uh, Field of Nightmares, FedEx Field, last year and came back and now the Bengals are in the Super Bowl and Joe Burrow probably could have been like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this past year. So like, I'm I, what a great, what a great comeback story that is. Um, and to have the confidence in, in terms of his play, like you looked at how when Dak Prescott came back this year, I feel like Dak Prescott played scared a couple of times. Like he seemed to play really like, uh, erratically throwing the ball around like he looked a little bit scattershot and stuff at times. Joe Burrow just came out and was just like, well, fuck it. I mean, I've I've already cast some palm and my knee once. I kind of don't want to dip my entire career like he did, so. there were. I feel like there were a few moments the first like game or two that applied some kind of... That was a really long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, if, if I may be but... a pedant, I don't feel like Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow shouldn't have won comeback player of the year because yeah, no, that wasn't the question. <laughs> I'm going to be a pedant. Um, I don't feel like Joe Burrow should win comeback player of the year because he didn't really like. Obviously, he was good in his debut season, but like, it's not like he was like a great who got hurt and has reascended to that level. He if he played, how many games did he play in his rookie season for getting hurt? Like six or seven? Uh, right. Yeah, but they were considerably way worse without him. Yeah, yeah, but they should give him, like, not a comeback, like a arrived for the first time award. Yeah, just the the come for the first time award. (laughs) 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 Alright, Joe Burrow, the come for the first time award winner of 2022. (laughs) Um, Boy, are we proud of him. <laughs> Cooper Cup was, yeah, Cooper Cup was the offensive player of the year. Uh, it's kind of hard to not vote Cooper Cup in this scenario. I mean, Jonathan Taylor was a phenomenal standout, but like Cooper Cup had one of the best receiving years of all time. I think he's only second to Megatron for like most receiving yards in a season. Funnily enough, both both Stafford guys. Um, but yeah, Cooper Cup, unbelievable season. Kind of hard to really. That's, that's that's the link there. What? <laughs> He's saying that's the link there. I'm just, I'm just pointing it out. It's just like a nice little, nice little. Oh, the, those guys both had the same quarterback in different scenarios and different teams, and they still made it to like the top. Cool. <laughs> Whatever. I'm just, I'm just trying to pad out, man. Just get off my case. Not unlike Stafford himself. (laughs) 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 When was the last time Aaron Rodgers was in the Super Bowl? It was a long time ago. Cool. (laughs) Um, TJ Watt was Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Basically no question about this. If you tie an NFL record in 14 and a half games, kind of deserve it, really. So... Well done, TJ, getting his first uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, JJ Watt was actually the dude that announced that, and they had like a little uh, feel-good embrace on stage. That was pretty cool. It was nice to see. Um, Jamar Chase was the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Again, like outside of maybe a two-week window where he dropped off and Mac Jones started to like play better, 
there was no doubt oh, about this from fans. week one. Like, Jamar Chase was a shoo-in for Offensive Rookie of the Year from, like, the moment that that first game happened where he tore shit up. So, congrats. Probably end up terrorising the league for many, many years. Um, and then Defensive Rookie of the Year was Micah Parsons. Again, no, no question about that whatsoever. I mean, Micah Parsons was in the running maybe for Defensive Player of the Year. Like, it was him, Donald, and TJ Watt, really, by the end of it. Of course, he was going to be the Rookie of the Year candidate. Like, that's just how it was. But, yeah, like, I think all of those awards I'd have voted for anyway. Like, when I made my predictions, it wasn't like a... Uh, putting it out there, really. Yeah, I was just like, these guys should just win it. They are just the best ones for that, for that award. So... Yeah, this is a very inconsequential one. Did you see who the assistant coach of the year was? No. It was Dan Quinn. I mean, the Cowboys Cowboys did go from the worst defense in the NFL last year to at least middle of the road. Yeah, above average. Yeah. He did a good job. I think he did a good job. Uh, Maybe people just like Dan Quinn and they wanted him to feel less bad about the whole Falcons. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I think both of those could have been it, but um, but yeah, the mastermind behind Trayvon Diggs. I think that's pretty much. Um, <laughs> I think that's pretty much it from uh, from me. Do any of you guys have anything closing before we wrap up and say enjoy the Super Bowl? Um, no, I've not got anything to say that wouldn't piss you off because I'm talking about Matt Stafford again. So I'll keep it to myself. <laughs> All right, Sam. Um, I think Matt Stafford is going to torpedo this and have his <laughs> reputation plunged into infamy. All right. And uh, we will see how that whole thing plays out on Sunday. And boy, are we all excited. But we will see you at some point next week to recap and probably provide some kind of Super Bowl and regular season hangover. And we will see all of you throughout the off season as well because... We might be fucking. This is this is this is the last one of this season. It's um, the last the I last one. Wait. Cannot wait. CJ and Ramsey get absolutely blown apart. Okay. Over seventy percent. Shut the hell up. Send me my mail in the check, Collinsworth. <laughs> Collinsworth, wait. The bitch. Shit. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. We just talked through the outro. I thought you were going to say you can't wait to see Jalen Ramsey get blown up in Jackass 4. <laughs> <laughs>